Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing reality shows that unfortunately only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us today as we delve deeper into our series on Gallery Girls. Today we'll be discussing episode six, Who Loves the Sun? And I love the sun. I wish we had sun right now. I'm kind of over all this bullshit weather. Yeah, I'm with you. Tomorrow's going to be worse, too. I'm not on board. Do you have any house cleaning, my dear, to start the episode? Uh, I do. Well, number one, the first bit of house cleaning I have, um, which is the most important, is um, we. I, I hopefully I sound amazing to all of you because wonderful friend of me and friend of the pod, Andy Coulter, author and college professor for my birthday sent me a new microphone setup. So it like now it's right in front of my face instead of on the table. Um, so hopefully everyone can hear me better. And Andy, thank you so, 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 so much. I cannot even tell you how much I appreciate it. You are an amazing friend and an amazing friend of the pod. That's, that's very sweet. And it looks very official. I know. I feel a soups like um, professional now. Yeah. This is like iHeartRadio. It does. I'm very sad. I agree that we don't sound the greatest. And my biggest gripe is that Frank always sounds louder than me. And there's only so much I can do about it. But we sound pretty even right now. So fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. Yeah. When Hopefully I, I won't sound 10 million times louder now. <laughs> I mean, there are a variety of things. Your ceilings are higher. You're a little closer to your microphone than I am. I don't talk that loud in general. You know, we're making well, it work, I thought, guys. I thought that the higher the ceilings, the worse it is. I thought that too, but then I think like you get more feedback and like it just sounds louder. Oh, because like everyone, when I see people on TV who are podcasting or like recording stuff during the pandemic, they're always in their closets. Yeah, I know. Like they always go in their closets. I was thinking about putting a blanket over my head. I think if I was able to get even closer to my microphone, it would be better. So maybe I'll work on that. (laughs) Maybe I'll build Uh, the sort of rig that you have right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we have a bunch of Twitter. Um, Chris M at Massey one tweeted us and said, starting latest episode, random sidebar. I saw Heidi Snapchat and they were miking up Gunner. I assume for the new heel season, should we be excited or feel bad for this poor kid? Um, (laughs) And my response is that, um, that the kid did not have a chance. I think we should be excited because he had a no chance at normalcy anyway. Yeah. Um, And then um, and then Heather tweeted us, Heather Gloom Cookie tweeted us and said, did you notice the huge mis- editing mistake during Angela and Alex's phone call in the beginning of the episode? Zooming in on her cracked screen, the phone call was at 35 seconds into the call, then eight, then five, then f- 34, then 13. Wow. Um, and no, I did not notice it. I'm impressed, Heather, because that's usually the kind of thing I pick up. So good on you. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff we're better at when we watch together. Yeah, yeah, it's easier for me to catch. Yeah. Um, uh, then Heather also said, I'd be more interested in seeing the Suck Lord stuff than anything else they've ever had at end of century. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and also, Amy's audacity to get a giant iced coffee when already late for work drove me insane. I'm one of these people that always that are always early, even drives me nuts when people stroll in at the time they're supposed to clock in. Um, she also said, Amy's dinner party, in quotes, is the first one I've ever seen where the guests show up and watch people finish eating dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she said, I wonder who, I wonder with social media these days, is it worth it for artists to lose money having their work in a gallery? For example, for each $25 roll of toilet paper sold, how much did Sucklord make? He could have sold it on his own and made the entire 25 and said, yeah, I would imagine these days that most things like that are sold through websites, social media, things like that, because it's much easier to get it out there. Um, and then she said, can we play a game during the next episode? How many times do they have to pause recording so frank can blow his colon out with prep mix they make you drink my <laughs> guy said i have to have my first one next february because i'll be 50 by then and due for one um so those of you who don't understand that i'm having a colonoscopy <laughs> on monday i had my covid test this morning it's saturday i'm not allowed to like eat drink do anything for the weekend and heather you'll be happy to know i don't have to drink this stuff until tomorrow night so i will not be running out of the room due to colon blow no and as someone who's also had a colonoscopy, once you drink the prep, there's no, no, we would not even try to record. Frank would maybe get away with like 90 seconds, two minutes at a time. <laughs> like, no, 
Um, and I also want to thank Stacy Clinton at Stacy Clinton three who DM'd us, and I missed this. I didn't see it until right after we recorded last time, and she sent it before. And she just sent us a message saying, "Hi, I just really want to say I'm literally obsessed with your podcast. It's amazing." Aww. Very so sweet. thank you so much. Um, so that's all my housekeeping. How about yourself? No, that's awesome. That's a lot of Twitter. Love it. So, well, I don't have any house cleaning, but I have my caddy catalog ready to go. And I was proud that I found a little more info than I thought I would. So. Oh, good. Okay. So who are we hearing about today in the caddy catalog? Amy Polyakov. Oh, apropos choice for this episode. Yes. So Amy, as we know, is from Florida. She attended Gulliver Preparatory, which is, of course, a private prep school. Um, she is graduated prep school for giants. <laughs> no, <laughs> she graduated in two thousand five, um, and it was funny to look up a prep school again. It was very reminiscent of NYC Prep. So the school has pre K and then grades three through twelve. Okay. Um, so they have 2,200 students total, which is actually pretty small across all the grades. That's really small because that's what, 12, 13, 14, like 15 grades. If you count pre-K and kindergarten, they don't have kindergarten. It's just pre-K and then it goes third through 12th. Uh, Oh, so they do pre-K and they skip kindergarten first, second, and third. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so they have several notable alumni, quite a few famous athletes, none of whom mattered to me, to be honest, a few football players, a baseball player, whatever. <laughs> um, one of the guys from Pawn Stars, which I don't watch, so I didn't... I don't watch either. Yeah, so hence why I didn't note his name. He's just one of the guys from Pawn Stars. The co-founder of Facebook, the co-founder of Mozilla. Wow. Jeb Bush's son. That tracks. And, and my personal favorites, Julio and Enrique Iglesias. So all of the Florida elite. Yes. Um, so Amy was a debutante. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. You can find um, pictures from her debut. At first, I was like, oh, Amy got married. And then I realized it was a very old picture of her wearing floor length, you know, white ruffles and being escorted by her dad. So there's that. She went to the University of Miami. She got her bachelor's degree in art history and communications. She graduated in 2009. And she is going back to the University of Miami right now to get her master's in journalism and finishes this year. What? (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Do you think she wants to like be a art critic that writes about art? No idea. Interesting. Mm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So her father, Stephen, is the founder and CEO of the South Florida Gynecologic Oncology Associates. And they have two practices in Florida. Oh, so he's a giant snooch doctor. Yes. Yep. Um, And actually, I had to watch just a clip from the episode after this week to find out you know, what her father's first name was, because there are quite a few notable Polyakov families in Florida. Um, And one was like the owner of a giant successful law firm. And I assumed that was him. And then I realized I was like, wait, that's not what Amy's dad looked like. So Stephen, doctor, big deal. Um, And as we meet eventually, and we've heard about, I think at this stage, Amy has three brothers Yes. Um, Parker, Peyton, and Dylan. She says it just like that. And I found all three of her brothers. So Parker is now a director of development with University of Miami Athletics. So the university runs in the family. Um, Peyton is a paralegal at a law firm, and he is currently waiting to be barred in the state of Florida. Okay. And Dylan is a student at Florida State. Oh. Yeah, he went. He must be really young. Yeah, he and he also went against type. They're clearly a University of Miami household, you know? Maybe he couldn't get in. Maybe. Um, so anyway, back to Amy. Amy had a variety of internships in New York in the years that she was there. They're all still on her LinkedIn profile. Um, the notable ones, though, were Bernard Ducci Mizell, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> also, Alberta Ferretti. She was a sales. Oh. Yeah. Um, and also on her LinkedIn profile is the fact that she lists herself as a Bravo personality, but the dates are from August, 2011 to January of 2014. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure that out either. 
Like that's which, weird. I know it's it's. I don't think they did anything with the gallery girls in those extra years. No, I know. Maybe she was on Watch What Happens Live or something. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was very funny. So Amy returned to Florida in 2017 after five years in New York, and she worked as a sales director for the Oliver Cole Gallery for a year, and then she was an art consultant for the Eden Fine Art Gallery for nine months. And there's nothing on her resume, at least on LinkedIn anyway, since uh, December of 2019. So it's been a little bit. Um, So maybe that's when she decided to go back to school. However, she was interviewed as a Where Are They Now by BravoTV.com. And she said um, the April was in the April. The interview was in April of 2020. Okay. Then she wanted to start her own art advisory firm. But then she's in a master's program for journalism. So weird. I want, did, do you know when she started the master's program? Um, 2020, apparently like a one year program to get a master's, which seems really intense. Oh, maybe she, cause of COVID. Maybe um, she's like, I'm home, whatever. Like yeah, might as well. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and she revealed in the interview with Bravo that she is not in touch with any of her castmates and the only person she kept in touch with after filming for a short time anyway was Jane Holzer. Well, I thought she and Jane Holzer were friends because I thought Jane Holzer was friends with her dad. That was Liz. Oh, that was Liz. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That was Liz. Oh, um, weird. I mean, I'm not surprised that she doesn't talk to any of her castmates. And that's not surprising in the least. Um, I am surprised that she, well... <sighs> For her to say that she remained in touch, I feel like that was probably just her, like, incessantly calling Jane Holzer. Yeah, probably. Anyway, but that's what I found out about Amy, which, given that she's pretty quiet and she has not accepted our social media request, at least on my end, that I I was pretty proud. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm impressed. Way to go. Yeah. LinkedIn. It's amazing. LinkedIn will tell you a lot about people. See, I'm not on LinkedIn, so I can't look at stuff on there. Like anytime I go to pull somebody up and it's like LinkedIn, like it wants me to join and I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to encourage you to. But anyway, that's that. Are you ready to dive into this pretty good episode? I am ready to dive into this episode. <laughs> um, and I want to say that I finally, I don't think we discussed this before. I actually looked up the song. And it's called... Oh, we've talked about it. Oh, we did talk about it? Okay, fine. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Deirdre something? Yeah, Deirdre in the Dark. Okay. Yeah, it's a cute song. I like it. It is a cute song, yeah. (laughs) So we open the episode and Liz is at Sushi Samba with her mom. Which made me want to cry. I miss Sushi Samba so much. Wasn't it also on Sex in the City? Yes, it was a very big part of sex. Are you kidding me? That's why I ever ended up there, like, back in the day. Okay. Like, I've got to go to Sushi Samba. Um, but it closed in 2017. Like, nothing to do with COVID. It just, like, okay. ran its course and it's done. Okay. Um, and Liz's mom asks her what she's been up to. She says she's been spending time with Bobby. And they talk about how caring Bobby is. And that Liz joked with him that if he ever proposes, how big the ring needs to be. Ha, ha, ha. Rich person yeah. stuff. I don't know. <laughs> And she tells her mom she's going to Miami for Art Basel, which is a big annual art fair. According to Liz, anybody who's anybody in the art world is at Art Basel. And then again, we hear a lot about Liz and her dad in this episode. And it's kind of sad. You know, it's the same vibe that we got when we met Liz's dad a few episodes ago. Um, she, She says to her mom, she feels like an inconvenience to him and that he's just not affectionate and She's really hung up on the fact that he doesn't pick her up from the airport. Um, She is really hung up on that fact. And now during normal times, I get where she's coming from. But since her dad is this big art person and Art Basel is like the biggest art thing of the year, I don't think it's completely... I I, I feel like she's being a little unreasonable and expecting him to pick her up at the airport this time. Yes. Like, I, if it was a normal time, whatever, sure. Like, you are 100% right to be pissed. But as we see later in the episode, like, her dad's schedule is packed. I know. Yeah. I I appreciated where she was coming from, but in this particular episode, when he was talking about how busy he was, I was like, it's amazing he had time to stop by and say hi to you, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I get that he's being a shitty dad to her and that he's gun-shy because of her drug problems and can't seem to, like, 
get on board with the fact that she's better now. And I totally understand that. And I'm on her side. But in this one instance, I was like, "Eh, let's cut him some slack. Like it's a really busy time. Agreed. Yeah. And then we go to the Upper East Side. Oh, girl. And (laughs) we have a meeting between Sharon and Amy. And I got to tell you, as soon as this happened, I remembered how good this episode was going to be. So Sharon and Amy decide, or Sharon decides to have a conversation with Amy about how it's going with her internship. And Amy says that so far it's been a positive learning experience. Sharon brings up the fact that Amy gave Carrie the task list and, you know, delegated tasks that Sharon gave her to Carrie. And she says, it doesn't sit well with me and I'm confused by it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Amy says she doesn't remember what was on the list. Give me a fucking break. That's her only defense too. She said, oh, I don't remember what was on it. And Sharon says there's no hierarchy at the office between interns and that she's really disappointed in Amy. So then Amy tries to blame Carrie and says, oh, I, I guess she took it serious. Uh, yeah, that was bullshit. I, like, what the fuck, Amy? Like, you were not kidding. No one thought you were kidding. Anyone who saw that scene did not think you were kidding. What kind of hole are you digging for yourself right now? Like, this is ridiculous. It's so bad. So then... Sharon says she's uncomfortable and she feels like games are being played and she can't have it in her office. So then she says it's not working out. And Amy, I mean, good on her for defending herself, except that she's done nothing to defend as far as we can see with this internship. And she says that she's disappointed that Sharon didn't take the time to get to know her. And Sharon looks so pissed off. It's incredible. She says, you know, Amy, I'm busy and it's just not a match. (laughs) And Amy gets fired. Well, what I thought, there are two things about this. One, I almost fell off the couch when Amy said, she basically told me she didn't like my personality. Um, no, she didn't. I didn't hear that come out of her mouth at all, Amy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you, first you're saying she didn't get a chance to know you, and now she's say, you're saying you're getting fired because of your personality. I mean, in a sense, you are, because there are some major flaws in your personality that caused you to get fired. And we may have discussed this before, but Amy's number one problem is that she is approaching this internship, and I am willing to admit that I was guilty of this when I was a new hairdresser in, like, my early 20s, she's not approaching these internships as a way to learn. She's approaching these internships as a way to show off. So she's going in thinking she knows everything. She's just there to like blow these people away with all of her knowledge and get accolades. And that's not what you really want out of an internship. You want to learn. You want to grow. You want to gain something from it. And she's not approaching it like that. And that therein lies her problem. Yeah. She also says in her confessional that it didn't matter how hard she worked. Uh, excuse me? It may have, because you didn't work very hard, Amy. You just (laughs) delegated. (laughs) You showed up late, and you gave all of your tasks to Carrie. Yep. Yeah. So, there you go. Amy is now unemployed. Although she wasn't getting paid, but now she's really unemployed. All I could think of when she said, um, she's like, what, am I fired for my unpaid internship? I'm like, it's like in the movie Friday, when you get fired on your day off. Yeah. Yep. So then we see pretty much, we see Maggie, Liz, and Angela all getting ready to go to Eli's pre-Art Basel party at his apartment. So, yes. I don't know. There's nothing really noteworthy in any of them getting ready other than Maggie's baby voice with Ryan really annoys me. Um, it does. It annoys you. It annoys me. But I have a feeling that it gets Ryan rock hard. I mean, it's working for her, clearly. He seems like, because he's... I mean, we know he's very supportive. We saw that previously. Um, But he's a big, dumb mook. And I think that he wants, like, a frail little girl to rely on him. And I'm sure he loves it when she's like, Yeah. Quite frankly, though, if he showed up at my front door, I would talk in a baby voice all day long if it worked for him. Well, it's also, like, it's not just baby voice. It's just, it's whiny pants. Like, she's, it's always just like, I can't find my shoes. You know, it's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so then we go to Eli's apartment 
And of course, Which is gorgeous. I know. I said, God damn it, his apartment is cool. That's what my notes <laughs> The art is amazing. The apartment is gorgeous. Like, I know. I wanted to throw myself in traffic. It's beautiful. I know. And I actually love when people who have a really cool art collection, when their apartment is just basically black and white and they let the art just dominate like the decor, it's, it was cool. Of course. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but it's the, one of the more social things we've seen Maggie do. She's circulating the room and she, because she's worked for Eli for so long, she knows a lot of people in the room and she's quite good at saying hello to them. And I was surprised to watch her circulate in a way we haven't before. Um, and she has a chat with Eli's brother and he asks her where she's working. And she says the gallery. And he says, our gallery? Okay, I put that in my notes. Two things about the brother. Number one, his brother David looks like he ate Eli. Yes. He's like he Eli literally just... has Eli's face, just like 60, 70 pounds heavier. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, the art gallery thing. So is it Eli's family gallery? Or I, mean, I wonder if the brother was calling it our gallery because maybe the, the parents fronted the money for it. I'm pretty sure it's called Eli Klein Contemporary Art, though, right? It, it is, but it's weird for his brother to call it our gallery. Like, he has either has a hand in it somehow, yeah. or the parents fronted him the money. Like, there's something, like, you know, you wouldn't say that. Like, if my brother owned a gallery, I wouldn't say our gallery. I would say, oh, you still work at Eli's gallery. Right. No, so I'm that, assuming... That stuck out to me as well. Yeah, I'm assuming his brother is at least like a partial owner or an investor or something like that. But it's Eli's name on the door because he works there the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Liz arrives and Angela arrives. And Angela says that she's finally realized in the art wor- world you need to self-promote. Yeah. We know, Angela. You yeah. <laughs> You like to do it. Good news. Um, and she has a conversation with Eli about her show and I thought he was very nice to her about it and said that he thought she showed a lot of potential. I thought so too. And she seemed to take it like a dig. She said she didn't trust his praise. And I actually thought it's a very neutral comment. Honestly, it's not like he was, you know, blown away by her art, but I thought that was a very, I didn't find it insincere. Personally. I, I, now, do you think, because I feel like Eli is not generally nice. Do you think that if she wasn't Asian, he would have been more forthcoming and rude to her? I don't know. I don't know. I think she took it as a dig because that was his way of saying she has a way to go. You know? Yeah, like, I, I know that's how she took it for sure. Yeah. But I almost feel like if it was anyone else that he would have like ripped it apart. Yeah. I think it's also because she's a cast member on this show and he clearly likes the exposure he's getting on the show. True. But you don't think like, I think if it had been like Claudia or Chantal, he would have no problem saying like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. He complimented them on end of century too. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I guess I also am kind of confusing his genre and love and niche gallery that does Asian art with Spencer, Chantal's boyfriend, who has an Asian fetish. So maybe I'm confusing the two. Yeah. I think he's just enjoying playing it up to Bravo. If we had seen him reviewing another artist's photography who wasn't on the show, I bet he would have been an asshole. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, So Claudia and Chantal arrive and Liz calls them dumb and dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Which I very much appreciated. I did too. It made me laugh. So then Liz actually kind of calls Angela over from the end of century group and invites her to a breakfast that her dad is hosting at his warehouse as part of Art Basel. Cause she likes Angela. They've had a few good chats. Um, and I actually kind of like the fact that they have some things in common and they share, you know, a moment of laughter or whatever. I kind of, I could see them being friends. I was into it for a second. And then Chantal and Claudia I don't know. This is like a young woman's dynamic and it makes me so happy that I'm older now, but they, they're technically butthurt, but instead they're just trying to write Liz off as a total bitch for inviting I, the one person yeah, in the group who's been nice to her. Yeah. I love that. I wrote in my notes, um, is Liz a bitch or are you a bitch Chantal? I mean, like she, Chantal is yeah. so judgy, condescending, awful. She was nasty to Liz yeah. many times throughout this series and now just because you're not getting invited to something by someone who you are a bitch to you're now claiming they're a bitch right i'm like the fuck like whatever 
to me, I don't, I don't think Liz, it, it didn't appear to me that Liz did it in front of them on purpose, but maybe I wasn't paying that much attention. Well, she did call Angela over and I don't know what the truth is, but the editors made it look like they were all of four feet away. Okay. But I also think it makes perfect sense for Liz to invite the one person who has shown an interest in anything Liz has to offer. Whereas Chantal and Claudia have been nothing but rude to her. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly rude to her. Yeah. And it's a, it's an event that her father is throwing. It's within her purview to invite who she wants. Exactly. Yeah. So then we have a scene with Amy. Who I wrote has a really cute body. I know. She's I was got surprised a great by, figure. She's, she's hiding it under like really ill-fitting dresses. Yeah, she does not dress well for her shape because she's got a very cute figure. Yeah, we see her getting ready in like a pencil skirt and a bra. She looked really cute. Yeah, I know. Um, so she says that she's done interning. Oh yeah, we know. And she's going to prove Sharon wrong and she's, you know, she's going to go take on the art world. But then she has this very, in my opinion, produced field trip with Jane Holzer, Angela and Claudia, and they are going to the Brandt Foundation somewhere out in Connecticut. I am dying to know who at Bravo has something on Jane Holzer that she's now been on this show three times. I know. Because she is an icon. She's a fucking icon. Like, if those of you don't know who she is, Google her. She's an icon. So the fact that she's been on this show three times with these ridiculous girls, like, it, it just, I don't know. I'm, like, so confused. I'm like, how did that even happen? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, in the car on the way there, they talk about the fact that Amy went on a date with Eli two years ago and they kissed. Everyone is somewhat mortified. Um, and then Amy... To her credit, I feel like Amy is trying really hard to put herself out there and be helpful and make friends, but she does it in her very Amy-like way. So it's a little smothering. But she thinks it would be a good idea for the End of Century Girls to do a pop-up at Art Basel, and she volunteers her services, given that it's her hometown, and she thinks she could help them pull something together. And Angela said, I could bring my photos, since you know we don't know artists down there, and I could bring my stuff. Then we see them tour this foundation, which is basically just a museum out in Connecticut. Um, First, I need to go back to the car ride a little bit. Yeah, do Um, it. One, I absolutely was so distracted that by the driver that I couldn't even pay attention to them. Like I kept trying to lick my TV screen because he was super cute. Um, (laughs) And then I, I a hundred percent think Claudia is right about her Eli and Amy take. Oh yes, I liked her theory too. I wrote down. Yeah, that he, that they definitely had like drunken sex and then Eli never called her again. Like, yes. I think that yeah. tracks so much more than we just kind of made out. Yes. Agreed. I forgot about that. It's in my notes too. Um, so they walk around this foundation and they look at the art and it's all, it's actually pretty cool, but some of it is like a little gross. <laughs> um, oh, and also I forgot. She also, I love that Amy says... Claudia and Angela are my favorite girls. And I'm like, because no one else will talk to you. I wrote that down too. Like the only ones that will talk to you. And it's sad. Like I, Amy is like a puppy. Like I, I get why they're annoyed by her because her. She's smothering. She's smothering and her need to be wanted and liked is, makes you just want to kick her. But I feel bad for her, too, because she's being nice. Like, she's not doing anything wrong. I mean, she's really trying to help them. I know. I know. Like, I don't know whose side to be on. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, my God, she's really annoying. But on the other, I'm like, she's literally, like, does not have to do this for you guys. And she's really putting herself out there for you. Right. So they look at this art. Amy is wearing shoes she could hardly walk in. And you have to see her walk in them from the side. And it looks like she's going to tip over at any moment. Yeah. It really bugged me. <laughs> um, but some, as I mentioned, some of the art is like really gross. Like one of the pieces is two wolf heads fused together. Yeah, they had to ask if there was a real tongue. Like it yeah. was a lot. Yeah, it was a little gross. And was Amy carrying a Birkin? Or oh, a I didn't one? notice. Okay. Oh, I'm sure it was real if she was carrying one. It was black. I'm sure it was real. Okay. Um, I mean, she's got, her family has Birkin money. Like, I, I, I would be shocked if it wasn't real. Yeah, I guess so. And over this pop-up idea, Claudia is hesitant to include Amy because she's Amy. She's, she's intense. But then 
Amy, as they're leaving the foundation, offers to take on the pop-up again. And Claudia says, like, okay, if if you're going to put it out there, I'm going to take you up on it. Yeah, which she should. Yeah. And then we go to end of century. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. Said, it actually looked like the same day. I think Claudia had the same scarf on. Oh, but I didn't notice. Chantal is researching Michelin-starred restaurants in Miami. Yeah. And of course she is. Like, I don't... Of I don't, course she is. I don't have anything to say about that. So Chantal just can't wait to get to Miami and relax. You know, it's been so stressful to go to fucking yoga and not work that she needs to kick back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Claudia says that Chantal is going to kick back and doesn't want to make any money, but Claudia does, which was a little ironic, but yeah. Um, so then they start talking about the idea of doing a pop-up in Miami while they're there. And Chantal is not having it. She doesn't want to bring down only the merchandise that's beachy. What about clothing racks? What about shipping? Just resistance the whole way. I was very torn about this because on the one hand I was team Claudia. Cause it's like, this is going to get your name out there. You're going to sell stuff, whatever. But on the other hand, as much as I hate Chantal, she's not wrong. Like you got to think about those things. She's like, where are we going to hang on the clothes? Where are we going to yeah. do that? Like logistically, there's a lot. You can't just say like, we're going to have a pop-up and it's magically going to happen without any prep. So I was on her side with that but her response instead should have been like what a great idea like let's work on getting these are the things we're going to need let's work on getting like a clothing rack and this and that the other thing instead of i want to lie on the beach all week and pretend to eat at michelin starred restaurants when i probably don't actually eat real food right and we find out later in the episode that this came up five days before they left i think so that also explains part of Chantal's reaction. That's yeah. why she was looking up restaurants is that they had decided clearly they weren't going to do anything because they never talked about it before. And now five days before Claudia wants to give something full steam effort. That would bug me too. However, well, and- <laughs> Chantal definitely like she hits below the belt, which I find <laughs> like it made for great television. In my opinion, she said, I don't think you know what it takes to set up a store. And Claudia said, oh, I, I didn't set up end of century. And Chantal says, no, Lara and I did this. <laughs> Which is not true. Yeah. So then Chantal says she doesn't want any part of a pop-up and that Claudia can do it by herself. And Chantal starts crying. Claudia doesn't understand why. I was a little confused by the tears as well, but maybe she's just overwhelmed by Claudia's energy. And then she says, you really need to focus, Claudia, and maybe get off the Adderall. Um, This had my two favorite lines of the entire series so far, which was, you need to get off the Adderall. And um, I love when Claudia says, we can talk about this later when you're not crying. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if she's hopped up on too much Adderall, isn't she hyper-focused? You would think. And also, I don't get Adderall energy from Claudia at all. Me either. Like, at all. I, I don't either. I didn't... I, I said, My note says, what do we think is really happening here? I think it's that Chantal just doesn't want to do work on their vacation. Agreed. And, the, ti- and the timing. That Chantal gives the vibe that she's like a walking Xanax bar. So I don't think that helps either. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting, and I'm fine with it. Um, then we get a quick scene of Carrie going home to have brunch with, like, all the ladies in her family. It's pretty boring. She says she's going to Miami. That's my only takeaway there. Yes, they went to the Allegra, well, it's not Allegra, Allegria Hotel in Long Beach. And it is still in existence today, I looked. I will say the brunch looked kind of amazing. It looked like a Las Vegas buffet. And they look delicious. Yeah. Um, and then we get a little vignette of all the girls packing for Miami. Um, and my favorite part of this vignette is literally everyone on the cast can't wait to work. Chantal, just want to go to the beach. <laughs> that was the theme of the whole mod. Everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to work. And, blah, blah, blah. and she's like, I just want to go to the beach. Um, my favorite part was that Liz has suitcases and then her dog in a purse. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, gotta have That's it. That's where we kept purses in the uh, early 2010s, 2012. Yep. So then we're in Miami, and the end of century ladies are staying at the Urbano Hotel. Yes, in we South see- Beach, which still exists. Okay. It looks kind of cute. Um, 
and they have some elevator confusion. Someone is staying on a different floor. And then they walk to the beach looking like they're in the movie, The Craft. Oh my God. Chantal was wearing ankle boots. <laughs> she was wearing like those cowboy booty ankle boots to the beach. Like she's pulling a Justin Bobby. She's wearing boots to the beach. Like calm yeah. down, Chantal. And I'm, I'm all about wearing black. I wear black all the time. But something about the way they do it, they seriously look like they practice witchcraft in their free time. Um, I think they look like they wish they practiced witchcraft in their spare time. There you go. I mean, sure. Um, so this is when we realize as they have a conversation on the beach that the pop-up came up with five days to go. So that to me explained some of Chantal's reaction. You know, she was in vacation mode. They were getting ready to close the store. And then Claudia comes in all hot about wanting to take on this massive amount of work. But also, even if they weren't doing the pop-up, like, this is a work trip. Like, this is not vacation. You're supposed to be, like, schmoozing and meeting people and glad-handing and getting contacts and finding artists that you want to represent in your store and getting the name out of it. I mean, this is not a vacation. Like, I don't... I know. Like, I don't get Chantal's whole, like, thought process to this. Like, to her, it's not work at all. Like, I'm just going to Florida for a week to hang out when my store is making no money and we can't even pay the rent. Like, the fuck? Like, this should be a business trip. Well, and you'd think that it could be both, and she would have wanted to network and get the word of the store out there, given all these moneyed people who are going to be there, or anybody of anybody. Yeah, I know. Um, So then... A few things surprised me. They said that it's going to be embarrassing because people know about the pop-up already. And since when? What? It's been- I'm assuming they put it on social media in some capacity. I guess so. Although here's the confusing thing. Like it can't be that concrete because at the time they don't have a venue yet. Like they know they're going to do it at one of two venues possibly, but the, these people that quote unquote know about it, it has to be pretty general. Just like we're doing a pop-up at some point, we'll get back to you. It's not like it was concrete. Here's the address. Here's the time. Yeah. I don't think it would be that embarrassing if they said, like... They could just say, like, the space didn't work out. We couldn't find a space. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, And then Claudia tells them that she really needs positive thinking. (laughs) She's not here for their negativity. (laughs) Well, I don't get why. I mean, Chantal should have just jumped on board... Um, I mean, Angela already is on board, but Chantal should have just jumped on board and said, like, fine, I'll get round racks. These are the clothes we're going to... I mean, how long could that have taken? A half an hour? And where is Lara? Not going. I guess someone has to stay home and man the store. I know. Very interesting. And then we're at the convention center, I believe, um, which is like the Art Basel hub, I'm guessing. Um, And Sharon and Carrie are walking around and touring the art and... Sharon is a walking rainbow. I, yeah, I said I, I love her gay pride dress. I'm very here for it. Her, I mean, I like I said, I wear a lot of black. I'm not a colorful dresser by any means, but I really admire those who are. And I, I love Sharon. I yeah, really I do. do. Too. She's and pretty I, fucking awesome. She and Carrie have a very lovely dynamic. That's, that's what you want in an intern is someone who's very polite and curious and able to hold a conversation and Carrie compliments her aesthetic a lot. And like, it's just very pleasant to watch. I really don't hate it. Um, and she said she really loves to look at art with Sharon because Sharon knows so much. Um, and then Sharon tells Carrie that just so she is aware, she let Amy go and she doesn't want anything to be awkward if Carrie runs into her. So... There, you, there go. you go. And then the end of century girls are getting ready briefly. And Angela, they have a debate about whether you need to like dress differently all the time or the same. But when you dress the same, people remember you for it. And Angela says, well, you need a Lambdy, a look at me device and admits that hers is usually her oversized hats. Um, okay. I mean, I'm definitely looking at her. I don't know if it's positive. Yeah. I like the term Lambdy though. I thought that was kind of cute. It's much better than peacocking, which I feel like is what most people would call it. But yes, I like lamb peacocking. Oh, like, yeah, showing their flair. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, so then we're at a Duncan Quinn sh- show event. Mm-hmm, Duncan Quinn event. Okay. Um, and Amy is in her element, super excited to be at home. She's dressed like it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> Sidebar. She's wearing like a short gold sequin dress with black fuck me pumps 
<laughs> fine. You know, way to professionally network, Amy. Um, so then I guess there are, where am I? I lost my place. Oh, Amy has her friend Steven with her. Um, and they run into Liz and they talk about how being at home is like vacation and it feels good. Liz is actually nice to Amy and says that she doesn't think that Amy's horrible. And, you know, Liz says, I'm not totally evil, which is good. You know, progress. Yeah. they actually had it like a pleasant exchange for, you know, the first time in a while. And Carrie says hi to Amy. And Amy, I noticed my note says Amy is very buzzy. Like she's um, just, I wrote Amy is intense in all caps. Yeah, she's she's at an 11 in this scene. She's pretty much out of control. And Carrie is so nice. Like they have a pleasant conversation. Then Carrie says in her confessional, she really doesn't want to acknowledge anything about Sharon because she doesn't want to rub salt in Amy's wounds. Well, I thought the whole theme of this entire scene was that people have decided to just be nice to Amy. Yeah. Like that she's not so bad after all. And she is a little intense and she tries too hard, but we're just going to let that go. And we're just going to be nice, which I was there for. I like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then are the end of century girls at the same event, the Duncan Quinn event, or they're just out and about at Basel somewhere else. Um, I don't remember because I was too busy writing down a very long Chantal quote that I cannot wait to read. Go for it. Just do it. Um, so they're talking about the, I think they might've been at the same event. They're talking about the pop-up. Um, and Chantal in her confessional says, it's not the vacation I was hoping for since we decided to go forward with the pop-up. So I'm just going to put on a brave face and blame Claudia when it all fails. Yep. <laughs> like, you bitch. Like, what a bitch. I know. Like, literally rooting for your own business to fail just so you can throw it in Claudia's face. Like, you are a fucking cunt. I know. Like, you should be wanting your business to succeed more than you want the satisfaction of watching your alleged friend fall on her face. This woman is a monster. I know. However, it was really funny. And that's the kind of thing that sometimes with certain friends you think, but you never say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I kind of appreciate the fact that Chantal said it, even though it's awful. It's awful, but she she has an, an admirable awfulness at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then when they were talking, I believe it was Angela says, um, we're doing a pop-up and we recruited Amy. Like, that is bullshit. Amy recruited you. It was yeah. Amy's idea. Yep. Amy was going to get the venue. Like, how did you recruit Amy? No, 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 no. Let's give a little credit where credit is due. Like, I, I hate to have to be so team Amy this whole episode, but like, this was Amy's idea. Like, you didn't it recruit was. her. It 100% it was. And then they run into Eli and they say they're doing a pop-up with Amy's help. And, oh, you know Amy. And he runs away. Screaming. Which 100% means that he, like, drunkenly banged her and never called her again and regrets it. Yep. And then we get a quick scene of Liz getting her hair done. And she calls her childhood hairstylist a genius. And then says in her confessional, as you can see, and I wanted your professional opinion. Um, well, um, her hair is very... Miami it looks and little, LA. It looks a little crispy. It is a little crispy, but if you went back, I mean, she has, I mean, Heidi had that hair. Yeah. Yeah. In the Hills. I mean, it was, at, it was of the time. I mean, I think she's wearing a little longer than was actually popular. Um, it is a little crispy. Um, there's some flyaways, but you know, I'll, it's okay. a look like I'll give her credit where it's credit is due. So I looked up the salon. Um, uh -huh. It's M salon. It is still in existence. Um, and it is shockingly reasonably priced. This is not a fancy salon. Okay. Um, so I looked it up and their women's haircuts start at 30. Whoa. And, uh, which is less than I charge for children. Um, and their colors start at 50 and up. Wow. Which is nothing. So, and I'm sure end up, I'm sure this guy owns the salon. He, I'm sure he's charging, you know, probably more than a hundred dollars for a haircut. But, um, I was very surprised. It's a very reasonable salon. Yeah. Um, and I also want to know exactly how hairy was Liz's vagina. Oh my God. So was it the hairiest vagina ever? Because that was a lot of waxing. Like so a lot. Then we see Liz get a bikini wax with the like foils or whatever still in her hair and her platforms on, which cracked me up, I will be honest. Oh, you mean which were her bow-legged platforms? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And I don't know, I think it was just sound dubbing, like ripping sounds, because if it were true, she would have had the hairiest, 
hairiest vagina in the world. And I just don't believe that about Liz for a second. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, she seems like, like, based on the rest of her look with her, like, yes. Rock and Republic jeans and her haircut and all of that, I would have guessed that there was no hair down there at all. Like, even to begin with. Yeah, I would have guessed that a bikini wax for Liz is like a tidying. Yeah. Yeah. If I mean, I would be shocked if she even had a Brazilian. Like, I was thinking no hair at all. So, the amount of muslin strips that were being ripped off this poor woman's vagina. I know. Was shocking. Yeah. Like, shocking. I will say, I'm, I realize this show is old. I don't need to see people getting waxed on camera anymore. I really don't. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. I was like, if I, I feel like I've seen so many women get waxed on reality TV. I know. I don't need to see that ever again. I don't need to see anyone giving birth ever again. Yep. I, I don't need to see anyone getting vaginal rejuvenation ever again. Like, I think that from now on, we could just lay off the nether regions altogether. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So then we go to Amy's parents' house and (laughs) she's having the end of century girls over for breakfast to talk about the spaces that she found for um, potential spaces that she found for their pop-up. And my first note is that Amy is dressed like my aunt. (laughs) (laughs) I love my aunt dearly. She's in her sixties. Obviously there's a big difference, but that is what my aunt wears when she goes to brunch in Florida is cute little flats and a print dress. But Amy is, what, 23? (laughs) Yeah. It was rough. I sometimes forget how young Amy is. She looks like a mother of five going to a country club. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I was very distracted by the, the, when they were giving the house tour, in one of the rooms of the house, they had tartan plaid sofas, and it was a lot. Like, it was a lot. Yep. I was actually kind of surprised how much the the end-of-century girls... Claim to like the house. Me too. I was expecting the opposite. I thought for sure they were going to be ragging on it. And they were like, oh, it's lovely. And I'm like, I don't know, is it? I know. I thought that they were going to be shitting on it too. And they called it very pristine and very homey. Um, And Amy shows off some family pictures and they zoom in on a few things. Can we talk about how hot Amy's mom was? Yeah, I know. She's gorgeous. There's a picture of her parents on a boat they used to own. And and it looked like maybe the 80s, maybe late 70s or something. Amy's mom was a bombshell. Yeah. She was beautiful. Um, So Amy tells the girls that she made breakfast, but she really just put out bagels and cereal. But whatever. It's still a very nice gesture. Two bagels. Yeah, well... They're, they're skinny ladies, I guess. And then, of course, Chantal was like, do you have any soy milk? I know it says, shut the fuck up, Chantal. So, like, just drink your coffee black, you dumb bitch. I know. That's what I was going to say. Like, I don't, I don't do real milk anymore. But as a coffee drinker, if the choice is no coffee or coffee just not the way I like it, I always go with coffee just different. Like, if I need it, I'm going to have it. Yeah. She's, yeah. Not here for the food snobbery. It's dumb. And Claudia says she wishes she had a cigarette and Amy offers her a cigar, which was probably one of her father's like good cigars. And they dwell on it so much. Like Claudia doesn't know how to smoke it. We have to watch her try and light it for like five minutes. Like I just, well, really and I don't think they cut the end off. Like, I think that's why she was having trouble. Like you have to use a cigar cutter and cut the end so you can inhale. Yeah, it didn't it was look just... like the end had been cut. The whole thing was crazy. Also, I love when she did you see when she was like, I feel I think I feel a little stoned or a little high. And I'm like, you don't even inhale a cigar. Like, how are you getting high from that? Well, also, so you and I both, you know, did enjoy and still occasionally enjoy a cigarette. And I'm not a cigar person whatsoever. They're very different. No, they're very different. And I yeah. hate cigars. Like Me too. hate them. Me too. I think they smell like shit. And the one time I had one, like in a fun vacation-y type of way, I think I put it out immediately. I was like, this is gross. Yeah. My cousin's wedding in New York, they hired a guy at the reception who was hand rolling cigars for people. It was like part of the thing. Okay. Um, and I was drunk and I wanted a cigarette and nobody had any. And I, same thing. I was like, oh, I'll give me one of those cigars. I'll have it. It was disgusting. I think I had two puffs. I threw it away. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So Amy explains that she found two possible locations for a pop-up. One is a restaurant kind of cafe. um, And the other is a studio. It belongs to a family friend. She is open to hosting an event there, which this is where the episode feels insanely produced to me because five days before Miami's biggest art event, 
wouldn't people have events booked already? Um, you would think so. So here are the two things. It's one, is an existing gallery friend of Amy's, so she wouldn't, I, she probably doesn't normally book things there. It's probably just her art. And the other, I looked up that, so, you know, we'll talk about it when we get there, but I looked up the place they end up picking. Okay. And it, if you go on, like, Google, like, the reviews, you know how it says, like, who populates it? It's, like, populated yeah. by tourists, college kids. It's, like, I don't, it's not an art scene place. So okay. I okay. can see how it wouldn't have been booked for Art Basel. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, and then Chantal ends the scene by saying she needs real coffee and then, then throws a jab and says, this tastes like Folgers. Um, and then she says, I have to learn manners. And I've ne- it's the first time she's ever been self-aware ever. And yes, you do. Yeah. You rancid, rancid bitch. Yeah. She's really letting it, her, her bitchiness hang out this time. And like I said, coffee is coffee. If you need it, then just drink it and be quiet. Get a better coffee later. Plus, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup, Chantal. Yeah. I, yep. I wouldn't throw it back. So we see Maggie and Liz at the convention center next, and they are working Eli's booth. And Eli admits to Liz that he had a quick conversation with her dad, or he witnessed her dad talking to someone about how proud he is of Liz. More, more Liz and her dad stuff, you know? Well, and I thought it was very insightful, though. And I can't remember if she said it during this exchange or later, because we've got lots of Liz dad stuff where she says like, I feel like my dad is afraid to praise me because he's afraid that I'm going to like go down the wrong path. Like if she yeah. thinks she's doing too well, she'll be like, Oh, I can do drugs again. I'm doing great. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so at least she has that insight. Like, I feel like if you realize that's what's going on, it should depress you less. Like if you know your dad is proud of you and that's why he's not praising you is because he's afraid you're going to like fuck up again that should be less depressing than I don't think my dad gives a shit about me. Yeah. Yeah. I think she just misses him. She, you know, they had a better relationship a few years ago and she misses it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. So then we go to well, the Rosario. Maybe been doing meth then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the Rosario bond studio Mm-hmm. And this is Amy's family friend. And this is the venue that is free, which is important because as Amy tells us, end of century has no budget for this yep. event, of course. Um, and the girls are total bitches about it. They, they manage to be somewhat pleasant to the woman whose studio it is, but I'm surprised by how much they're showing on their face for a woman who offered her artistic space to them for free. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. Like they are monster people and I would have expected nothing less from them. They, they acted like shit in my opinion. They should have been much more complimentary of her given how nice she was being. Um, But they say that it's like pink threw up and Claudia says in her confessional, if this is the sort of space Amy has in mind, it's a problem. Yeah. And this is where these girls don't get it. Like if you're in that situation, All you had to do is say to this woman, like, oh my gosh, your art is amazing, but it does not jive at all with our art and what we do. So I just don't think it's a good fit for us. Right. And I have to say. Yeah. And I I think the constructive piece of criticism is that it's not the right space for a pop-up because it would overwhelm what they would put in there. Exactly. Yeah. But to instead to have like stink face and the whole, like, and I, and here is where I do wish Amy would get a little bit of a backbone and maybe say to them after they left, like, hey guys, like my family friend was doing you a favor. Yeah. You could be a little bit nicer about it. Yep. I know. And then they go to Cafeina, which is the restaurant space. um, And the second one that Amy found and they immediately get drinks and this is where Claudia shows a little bit of Chantal and she says that, you know, this place would be okay because they know how to shake a cocktail. Yeah. Grow up. I was it her or Angela that said that? I thought it was Angela. It was Claudia. No, it was, it was Claudia. Claudia. Angela was surprisingly like digestible this episode. She didn't do anything. Yeah. I know. Um, so then they meet. Oh, and it is still open. It's okay. still open to this day. Good. Um, so they meet with the owner and they ask if, you know, she's hosting a pop Yvette, um, if they've done a pop-up gallery before. And my, my note says, how was this place not booked already? But I guess because of what you found out, it makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, seeing it, it looked nicer to me on TV than Google 
made it seem. I mean, really, it makes it seem like a goofy tourist hangout and that underage people drink there, according to Google. But I mean, to me, it looked like kind of a nice lounge. So I don't know. That's why I was surprised it wasn't booked because she said that they weren't far from this art walk that's happening on Saturday night, apparently, in the district. And they have a nice outdoor space. And I was just thinking, like, how did a gallery or a company or an advisor not book a nice outdoor space within walking distance of Art Basel to throw a mingling event or something of that months ago? Well, but how do we know that there's not something like that going on inside? I don't know. But that was just my thought. Because, I mean, it literally just looked like the back patio with no chairs or anything. So maybe they were like, here, you have the backyard. Yeah. And we're having a real event inside. I mean, that's another option that could have been happening. Yeah. Um, And as we learned, too, there So the woman does have quite a few things they can use for an event. She has tables and things like that. But she does not have any lights or easels. So she has electricity on her back patio, but they would have to bring in all of that stuff. And Chantal says she knew this was going to be a problem. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Chantal literally creamed her pants. Yeah. Out of joy of the fact that she was right and Claudia was wrong and they're not going to, I mean, I'm sure that she was fucking, there was probably like juice dripping down her legs for the excitement. Ew. Yes, I agree. She, she's dying for it to fail. Dying for it to fail. Which she really shouldn't because I bet they're about to put money into it. Yeah. Yep. So then we see Liz visit her dad's collection. And um, I thought it was kind of sweet that she's clearly close with her dad's curator and knows the people who work for her dad. They're all excited to see her. She's back at home. And she's really excited to kind of check out the new pieces that her dad's acquired and put in the collection. Um, But I was so horribly distracted by her terrible jewelry in this scene and I couldn't let it go. Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. I was looking at the art because there was some really cool art in there. There I want to go. There's some, oh, I've been dying to go to the warehouse in Wynwood, but I've never been to Miami. Gotta well, do maybe it. we'll have to go for a weekend. I know. So Liz looks like Countess Luann all of a sudden. She's wearing a leather strap necklace, two turquoise necklaces, and then giant and very shiny silver dangly earrings. It's just, it's a lot. And it doesn't seem like her aesthetic at all. So I wonder if maybe she was wearing jewelry from like, one of the designers at Art Basel or like a family friend or something. It just didn't, it didn't look like her to me. Or maybe that's just her like dressing up. Maybe. I don't know, but it's just, it was way too much. And this is where she has a quick conversation with her dad and she wants to have dinner with him and Bobby before Bobby leaves town. And she gets a little sad that her dad is busy, but this is where I was on her dad's side. He is one of the biggest people in the Miami art world. It is Art Basel. He has, yep. a part, he has a party to attend with Sotheby's. He's speaking on a panel at some museum. He's doing all these things, and she's bummed that he can't make time for dinner. And sadly, I bet if she waited until, you know, the day after Art Basel was over, he probably would have time to have dinner. Well, yeah, and he said to her, like, when is Bobby leaving? And yeah. she was like, Sunday. I bet if she said Bobby's leaving Monday... Yeah. He'd be like, oh, okay, like Sunday night, we'll make something work. Yep. And she says in her confessional that she's sick of trying with him, which makes me sad. But I, I just thought it was the wrong time to ask him. I would be very curious to see, well, I, I mean, it's a shame because these shows were before they did reunions and things like that. But I would love to know what her dad felt watching the show. Like, did her dad watch the show? I wonder how he felt about that. I know. Like a large part of her storyline is the fact through the whole thing is the fact that she feels disappointed and unloved by her father. Yeah. I'm just glad that they're close again now, you know, that they, that she's doing her own art advising and that they, you know, she, she Instagrams her dad. They were interviewed in that magazine together. Like, I'm glad they're closer now. Good. Well, maybe the show had a part in that. That was awesome. Yeah. So then finally, final scene, we did it. We are at the Margulies warehouse, which is his, his famous space. And it became a warehouse because his collection became that big. It's apparently massive. Um, we hear about Maggie's love of neon. <laughs> She's telling oh. me how much she loves neon. So I'm so confused by this. And I went down like a little bit of a weird rabbit hole. So she talks about neon. And then Ryan says, didn't your dad invent neon or like invent something for neon and she goes oh yeah yeah yeah. like he invented this chemical reaction whatever 
Well, I looked it up. Neon was invented in 1910. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like there's been any major developments or changes to Neon since 1960. I, there's no way her dad's that old. Like I, this, I, I did all kinds. I mean, I went to like a billion neon websites, Wikipedia, whatever. I could find no mention of anyone inventing anything like from the 1960 on. So I don't know what she's talking about. Huh? Maybe I'll, I'll try and do some research about that. It was very strange though. Um, and so then Liz says, you know, Ryan is actually, Ryan's really grown on me. And he asks Liz kind of like, when did your father start collecting this stuff? It's so cool. He has an appreciation for the art world that I, I really enjoy. And he is more engaged than I gave him credit for in the first few episodes. And Liz said that he started collecting before it was cool to like art. Shut Which I thought was hysterical. Up. Shut up. Like, liking art has been cool for centuries. Okay? Yeah. Like, I know that was, I like Liz, but that was a hard eye roll for me too. Yeah. Did you, is your dad friends with Da Vinci? Like, shut <laughs> up. Like, I just, I could not with that. All she needed to say was, you know, he's been collecting art for a long time. <laughs> so um, she says that nothing is for sale. This is all just like her dad's collection that he puts on public display, which is really cool. And that gives you a hint at how loaded he is, I suppose. Um, so then all of the end of century girls show up and I guess this is the event that Liz invited only Angela to, but she brings Chantal and Claudia with her. And what a cunt. I'm sorry. Like Angela, fuck you. Like, you know, Liz did not want those girls there. She purposely invited you and did not invite them. I mean, they were standing next to you when you were invited and then you roll up with these two bitches. And also, why do Claudia and Chantal even want to be there? They don't like her. I like, know. why would you want to go to her dad's event? Like, you I don't, don't know. like her. I don't know. And then there's this whole conversation that Maggie and Liz have about how the end of century girls just don't know how people dress in Miami. And Maggie's wearing, like, a little girl's tea dress. So I'm not sure where that came from on her end. But okay. And then they talk about how they like Angela, but she's wearing a turban. <laughs> And not even a good turban. No, like, it like I, doesn't even fit her. It's not no. good. Yeah. No, she just tied a scarf on her head. Like it's not even a real turban. Right. So I'm I'm team Liz on this one, to be honest, because she's pissed. And then Claudia and Chantal don't even say hello to her. No. And then they are just being they're, you know, they're mad that Liz doesn't say hi to them. But if you're crashing my event, I'm not gonna say hi to you. No. Yeah. That's that's how it is. And then Chantal says she really likes the space and can't wait to bring back Spencer. Fine. And Claudia says that she feels like she's on the wrong turf. Well, you are. You weren't yeah. invited. You went someplace where you weren't invited to an event that someone is hosting who hates you. You are. Yeah. I mean, that's the wrong turf. Yeah. 100% so wrong they- turf. Then they finally have this awkward hello and Liz is just, she's not having it. She's clearly pissed. And when she walks away, they say, your dad can develop a collection, but you can't dress yourself. And then we get a Countess Luann shout out when they say money can't buy a class. They are. And my note says, I don't miss being young. Like that is well, some, that's some petty young person shit. Like I just, It is petty young person shit. And part of it is Chantal is mistaken and she thinks that being a bitch is a personality and it's not yeah yeah like you don't have a personality chantal you're just a bitch like yeah. that's not a personality trait like you're well, just- and i will i will say my bigger surprise in it this episode is claudia chantal has been a bitchy speed throughout every episode you know like from her not drinking wines from oregon to you know it tastes like folgers like it all tracks with her yeah Whereas Claudia comes across as like kind of sweet and innocent sometimes. And then she throws blows. I agreed. I was very surprised at her behavior at this event, because like you were saying, we've come to expect that from Chantal, but not from Claudia. And I would have thought that Claudia would have, she seems a little bit more schmoozy, networky, business minded, would have wanted to be in Liz's good graces because her dad is such a big deal in the art world. Yeah. Especially because Claudia is the quote-unquote art person for end of century. I would think that Martin Margulies would be on her, like, top 25 people to meet list. Yeah, like, I'm going to kiss Liz's asshole until I get to meet her dad. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it either. 
But that's where we end the episode and we are in for a good time with the next episode. Yeah, I'm very excited for the next episode. So we get Art Basel part du. Um, we get Amy's getting kicked out of her apartment and um, we get end of century is broke. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pretty jazzed about it. Yep, it's going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one. Um, well, thank you guys. We hope you're, that you're hanging in there and staying safe and that those of you who are eligible are getting vaccinated. I myself am going this coming Thursday. Actually, by the time you hear this, I will have already had my first shot. Um, so stay safe, guys. Wear your mask, get vaccinated, and hopefully this summer we can be loose and free. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at FranklyMareB at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NanasMink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.